like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? The closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got a demo tape and nobody want to hear it, but it's like this the South got something to say. That's all I got to say. Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Run That Back with Sin and Donna. My name is Sinclair. And my name is Donna Canella. And y'all, we have a packed episode Mm -hmm. this week um, with everything that's been going down this week, you know, running things back from Twitter to what some foolish rappers have said, foolish in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, first we have to always talk, you know, get down to our check in. So Donna, how you been? How you doing? I've been good. I've, um, my week was pretty decent. And I was really excited going into the weekend because I had a gig Friday and the gig was an epic, epic fail. Um, What? It probably was one of the worst gigs I've ever had because um, my equipment wouldn't work. Well, actually my laptop, let me be specific. So Mm -hmm. I brought everything that I needed to to, to play the gig, right? I brought my controller, I brought my laptop, I bought all my materials. Um... And it was at a club, so they were like, "Oh, you don't need to bring anything except your laptop. We we already gonna have a controller there." Mm-hmm. I had never used the controller, but you know, I've been DJing long enough, and I I, I, I knew I could figure it out. The controller wasn't right. a big thing, so I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll just bring my laptop and plug mm-hmm. in and play." Mm-hmm. So get there. My laptop would not connect to this man's controller. I had downloaded all the drivers. I had updated. I even updated my stuff right then and there. Like, not my computer, but the uh, software. Even though I had literally updated my software last week mm-hmm. prior to another gig that I had. Mm-hmm. So I'm there updating all my stuff. Nothing will work. It would not connect. And it was... Showtime was like, you know, it was 10 o'clock. I was supposed to be DJing. We were just playing like little filler songs while we were trying to figure this out. Nothing will work. Nothing will work. Nothing will work. So I had to end up playing with somebody else's laptop. And if you're a DJ, playing with somebody else's laptop is like going into a foreign land without any maps, help, nothing, anybody help you. Like... Just a a mass, vast land of just unknown because you don't know where anybody, like you don't know where any music is. You don't know how these people got their crates set up. You don't know what music they have, what music they don't have. And it's showtime. So it's not like I have a lot of time to go through each crate and see Mm -hmm. what things are. And crates are just technically like playlists um, that we DJs can make in our DJ software. So. I'm literally just like looking up songs. Oh shit, he don't got this. Okay, let me try this one. Oh shit, he don't got this. Okay, he got this one. Play, let me play this. Like it literally threw everything off. So I just yeah. felt like so uncomfortable, so uneasy. I wasn't as confident in my DJing. I already yeah. didn't know how to use this man controller. Like I'm asking, like, how do you turn this effect on? Like I couldn't really show any of my skills that I wanted to show. Mm-hmm. And like I'm supposed to be performing performing in front of this like promoter group so they can have me on for more events and I just felt like damn like this is not even my best so like I couldn't like people were like oh you did great you did okay like you did good you did good and it was just like but in my in the inside I don't feel good about it so right that was that was a doozy and then you know same old same old men are not shit so (laughs) um just 
you know, I, I'm going to be holding myself accountable. I'm no longer dating. I'm off the dating market for right now. I need mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Foc- truly, truly focus on work, like yeah. working the podcast, working DJing, working my journalism job. Like, it's time for me to get truly, truly focused. And, yeah. And, and dating yeah. is... Um, it's a waste of time. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. And I feel like the dating scene right now is chaos. Like mm-hmm. it is it is terrible. And I honestly feel like it's not it's not women. I know I'm a girl, so I'm a little biased, but I don't think it's women. <laughs> I think men are really dumpster juice. Damn, not dumpster juice. Yes. Because a lot of my friends that I talk to about men and the issues that they go through, they're all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. something, something's amiss here. Like, I know that women can be a little chaotic sometimes. I'm, I, don't get me For wrong. For sure. For sure. But man, these niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I it, mean, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I feel like we are at, um, in that age, especially as far as like, you know, the heterosexual relationships go, mm-hmm. um, where you're around people who are getting married mm. or you're e- or you're either around people who are living their best whole life like there's no real in between you know mm-hmm. and i feel like it's because um people are feeling pressured mm-hmm. to be an adult to make that to make that next step be in a committed relationship and get married and that pressure is scaring people to go the total opposite of that, which is I'm just going to play games and fuck around Mm -hmm. and not consider anybody's feelings or time because like I'm feeling this pressure and I don't even want to feel a tiny ounce of it. So I'm just going to just act a fucking fool. I think that's kind of where we are in this age range because I have been seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of marriages on my TL Mm -hmm. with people in our age group Mm -hmm. But then I've heard a lot of conversations that you're having right now with just saying how men are terrible. So just like the fact that I haven't heard anything in between that just lets me know that Mm -hmm. we're in that age range of where the pressure is on. And what do you do when you feel pressure? Either you fold Mm -hmm. or you... Or you, um, you know, turn into a fucking, you know, diamond. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like these niggas out here that's acting a fool, that's making the dating world so terrible for women, they're folding under pressure. I just feel like, for me, it's the lack of respect. Like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're all people and we all deserve some respect towards each other. 100%. And I feel like right now, people are extremely selfish, like, you know, yeah. I want the best for me, the best energy, but I don't think that that I don't think that comes with being disrespectful towards others. And I feel like, well, not even I feel like the men that I've dealt with, I mm-hmm. feel like have been really disrespectful. Yeah, and I just don't think there's a need for that. I think that they can use. I think men don't use their words. Mm-mm. You could say no. You can say, hey, you know what? I'm not that interested in you. Click. And and, and I would be like, oh, snap. But okay. I would get it. Right. It, it's and not it's not a question of, oh shit, is he interested? Like, what what was he, you know, he's giving me these 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 vibes this day, the vibes the next day. Like, I think men need to start using their words. Their words. Yeah. Um, but enough about 
about that dumpster juice. How you been doing? <laughs> I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of niggas. I, I swear to God, I am. <laughs> so I don't want to. Yeah, I'm good. What you been doing? What you been doing? Oh girl? man. Well, well, you know me. You know me. Um, I've just been chilling. Um. I just been chilling, about to start a new job, about to get back into my nursing mm-hmm. so I can have me some steady income so I can, you know, like you said, put more energy towards this podcast, put more energy towards my DJing. Um, I went to another um, Building Blocks uh, free DJ session this weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. this uh, past week, and it was sponsored by Serato. Um, there was this real cool um, thing that happened. Um, a guy who works at the um, like Serato, like one of the Serato main studios in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. zoomed in and um, they gave us a three month subscription, free subscription to Serato Studio. And he zoomed us in and he basically gave us like a 45 minute beat making class slash like remix making class. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was hella cool because I was like, this nigga made a remix to Brandy's I Wanna Be Down in like 45 minutes. Like he made his own beat mm-hmm. and then he took Brandy's I Wanna Be Down acapella, put it over it, you know, matched the keys, did whatever he did. And he made this cool mix in like 45 minutes. And I was like, you know, like that's some cool shit because I came to the DJ class expecting to just learn to DJ. Mm-hmm. And here I am getting like a free cla- crash course in production, you know, mm-hmm. along with all the... Uh, details about like the legalities of if I, you know, produced a, you know, if I made a beat on a song, you know, I made a beat um, and how even with Serato, like if I made a beat and I tried to sell it or, you know, or I tried to give it to an artist, like there would be no type of copyright issues and all that stuff. Like, so even down to the details of that. So I'm just, I was very excited um, about learning and I've been learning so much and I have, you know, like a little one-on-one DJ session coming up mm-hmm. um, later on this week. So mm-hmm. I have been excited to just learn and grow and taking the time to do things. Like, I feel like rarely as adults, <clears throat> at least I don't know too many people who pick up hobbies or things like this, like this late in the game. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all the people who I know have been DJing, well, besides you, honestly, um, have been DJing since high school, freshman year of college. Like they started in their late teens or very early 20s. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know any older 27 year old who is jumping out there and trying to learn something new and not just learn something new, but like turn it into something that could hopefully be lucrative and like open up doors and opportunities to other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been exciting to do that and to learn. And yeah, I mean, that's all I've been up to really. And yeah, just preparing for my next job that I'm about to have. So yeah. 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 You know, mm-hmm. I don't know why that's such a stigma in the like like just out in the world, like it's, it's people feel like it's too late to do things. Like we're yeah. in our twenties. Like we have a whole life to live. Right. Like why, why not? Like why not learn something new? Why not do something that's going to open your mind and op- mm-hmm. other opportunities? Like why not do that? Like mm-hmm. why be like, why? I was kind of nervous for that. And I, when I first started, I was like, you know, like, I don't have 10 years to just be a trash DJ. Like, I don't have that time <laughs> right. to, to learn, to, like, make mistakes and figure it out on my own. Like, you know, 
by the time I did that, do that, I'm gonna be 40 years old. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want. I wanted to learn the correct way mm-hmm. the first time, and so mm-hmm. that's why I invested in myself early on and just took a class. And it's it's you know it it benefited me and um, put me where I am today. But yeah, like people, I feel like are afraid to do stuff because they think they're too old. Like you're twenty, you're twenty seven, you're twenty six. Right. Like you're still a child. We're still, <laughs> I still make mistakes every day, and I'm like, damn, like I'm too old <clears throat> to make that mistake. But like, no, like we're still so young, and and who cares? Even if you are old, like why not? Why not learn yeah. something new? What learn something new? Like, right? Why do we base everything off of our adolescence? You know how idiotic I was when I was 17, 16 years old. <laughs> right. Come on. Right. Shoot. Right. Most of like, the hobbies that I had back then, I don't even have today. I used to, when I was younger, I thought I was gonna do hair for a living. Like I, I was a really good braider, and I would mm-hmm. braid my mom's lawn sister's daughter's <clears throat> hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I loved. I had my. I, I don't. For all those that are out there that used to have one of those little heads that you could buy from Sally's. Yeah. Miss Jenny head. Mm-hmm. Girl, I still have Miss Jenny. Miss Jenny, <laughs> Jenny didn't wear every single style that there is. <laughs> Uh, up until like the high high school, I knew how to do everything. I knew right. how to do a little twist, everything. Right. I, 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 mean, right. I could still braid today, but yeah. I used to be into designs, like all the little heart designs and stuff. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah, I, I was mean, do something like that. So. I mean, shit. Growing up, I thought I was gonna be a goddamn dancer. Like, I just knew I was gonna be dancing back up for somebody at the BET Awards or <laughs> on tour or at the MTV Awards. But you know, like I still love to dance, but I just knew that that wasn't the path like for me, Mm -hmm. but you know, but finding myself creatively in music has shown me what I feel like my path is as far as music, because in music with doing this, I have more control and autonomy over, I feel like my opportunities Mm -hmm. and the things that I, you know, do. And, and I don't have to be starving while I'm doing it. You understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, like with being a dancer, you have to go to these auditions and, you know, you have to constantly make yourself available. And it's just like with me getting into music and, you know, learning to DJ, I can, I have a creative outlet with something that I love while still having control over my life mm-hmm. and my own schedule. And I feel like that is what works for me. And I'm glad that I decided to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but uh, but any new music? Any you been listening to anything any new? Music, any yeah. Music. That is a great question. Um. Well, you go first because I don't. I I've been listening to some things. You know what? I can go. I can go. Okay. So I found this R and B artist named Tone. S- tone stiff. stiff. I've heard of Tone Stiff. Uh huh. Why is it? What, what Stiff? Girl, I was really about to say Smith. What? Stith? Yeah, uh, Stith. I'm just no, now he, really, really, I'm yeah. just now really reading this. Stith? Why is this not Smith? Why? First of, all, first of all, I have a line sister slash best friend whose last name is Stith. Her name is Jasmine Stith. So oh that's the only God. reason how. You are such a mess. <laughs> you are such a mess. So that's the only reason why I know that his last name is Stith. But continue. Okay. Um, yeah, so I listened to his album FWM. Um, do you have any idea what that means? F-W-M? Fuck with me. Oh, oh, you smart. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, girl, I would, I would have never guessed. That. You are such a mess. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, so I've been listening to his album, and I really like it. I'm enjoying it. I feel like um, he's kind of underground right now. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people know about him. Well, I haven't listened. I, I haven't heard anybody else really listen or talk about him in my circle. So I assume that he is a you know newer artist, newer on the scene. People don't know about him just yet too much. Um, but I, I feel like he's going to be, I feel like what he needs is a Drake collab. And I feel like yeah. he's going to be out there. Because I feel like he has a good voice. He kind of reminds me of Bryson Tiller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Bryson Tiller. Okay. Um, he sounds a little better than Bryson. He doesn't sound like a goat. <laughs> he doesn't sound like a goat. Mm-hmm. That's nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to know. Um, so, as far as me, um, my girlfriend's brother introduced her to um, this Asian chick mm-hmm. named Audrey Nuna. Okay. I don't know what you would consider her. I don't know if you would consider her to be a rapper or a singer. I guess she's both. I mean, she raps, sings. Um, and the first song that I heard from her was this song called Damn Right. Um, and uh, she's like a 22-year-old little Asian chick named Audrey Nuna. Her music is real vibey. It's real cute. It's definitely for Gen Z. Mm. Um, it's definitely for Gen Z. But I thought it was cute, and I liked it. And, you know, I'm trying to open my mind up a little bit more to artists who aren't black, who make black music, mm-hmm. um, because I'm trying to distinguish, I'm, I'm making the distinction between culture vultures and cultural appropriators mm. and and people who just are making this genre of music. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to open my mind up a little bit more because I feel like the music that she makes is, like I said, it's real cute, real Gen Z. It has a cute little vibe to it. I wouldn't listen to it in my leisure, Mm -hmm. but I'm just talking about it on this podcast because I know that there are people like me who don't always support artists who are not black Mm -hmm. making black sounding music. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of opened, she kind of made me want to like, you know, um, open up, open my mind up and my ears up a little bit to, you know, listen to, li- listening to, you know, people who make that type of music who aren't black because it's good. It's good. Nothing that she says is offensive. She's not giving me poser energy. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Like this, uh, Jesse girl, you know, she's not giving me poser energy. She's not trying to tan her skin. She's not trying to look like anything. She's not. So I'm like, okay, let me open up a little bit, but I have been, I've, you know, some new music that I've come across lately from my, my girlfriend uh, is this girl named Audrey Nuna. And it's cute. I think you should take a listen to it. Tell me what you think. Okay. I definitely will give her a shot. Um, did, you, <laughs> did you ever listen to Don Tolliver? Did you ever give him a chance? Your hometown hero? I'm just kidding. My hometown. You are such a mess. My hometown. I started to listen to one song and it didn't reel me in. So I told myself... Okay, I, I, let me let me stop being biased. I think that I just don't like new music. I'm an old person. Mm, well, you a DJ, so you gonna have to open them ears, them ears up now, girl. I know, I know, and I will, and I will. I told myself that I was gonna do it today. I'm gonna listen to this Don Tolliver album mm-hmm. today. Okay. Um. So yeah, but um, 
But yeah, so are you ready to get on to our topics? I feel like we got a lot of shit to talk about. We do, we do. Um, before we get, I added one because I just remembered off the top of my head. I'm going to keep it short because I know we got a lot of things to talk about. But um, did you hear about Travis Scott signing um, a new artist named Malu Trevejo? I have I have not I have not heard of Travis Scott signing. Let me look this up right now. Um, yeah, so he signed Malu Malu the nineteen year old Malu Trevejo to a record deal and added her to his tra- Cactus Jack roster, which I assume is his record um, company or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, J- Cactus Jack includes includes Jack West and Don Tolliver. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so this this nineteen year old girl is this nineteen year old girl is signing on to Travis Scott's entertainment family. I bring this up because I saw this on Twitter, and people on Twitter were talking about like, why doesn't Travis Scott? Why is he like looking back to the people in Houston that are making major moves in Houston? Like you got Ken the Man, mm-hmm. you got um, just uh, some other. Houston women mm-hmm. that are making it big. So I did my my I just did a little Google search on this Malu girl. Yeah, and it looks to me from what I've seen just by googling her that she's already some type of famous social media influencer. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. And she is a uh, white. Yeah, she's not white. Yeah. She's Cuban, but I mean that that is. She looks mostly like a white Cuban American. She ain't yeah. an Afro Cuban. <laughs> oh yeah, she definitely not no Afro nothing. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that Travis Scott. I think that Travis Scott, honestly, in my personal opinion, has a slight obsession with non-black women. I don't. I don't. I think that Travis Scott really has some low self-esteem issues regarding his blackness, mm-hmm. because I don't feel like Travis Scott really. You know how when Ti, I don't even want to reference him. Mm-hmm. I don't even think this. I don't even think that's who said this. Mm-hmm. But you know how, or some some rapper, somebody said this. Oh, but yeah, I'll just reference you. Mm-hmm. You said that when it comes to color, that some black people are more green than they are black Mm, that is travis scott travis scott is uh travis scott is definitely skin folk but he not kin folk Mm, i do not consider travis scott to be a kin folk nigga i do not consider travis scott to even represent black people in terms of music and culture um he definitely is all about the green all about that money and I don't see him ever going back to Houston and signing somebody like Ken the man who's popping. I don't ever see him, you know, really bringing on um black artists from Houston like, you know, bringing them up like Maxo Cream and you know people like that. I don't see it. Yeah. 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 I just felt like ugh, like we we Texas Houston, let, let me be specific. Houston has a lot of good women rappers out right now mm-hmm. that are underground. What's uh, I forget her name, but I think she just signed with somebody. But the girl, she made a remix of uh, Knocking Pictures Off the Wall. 
Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh huh. Very pretty girl. Very pretty girl. I feel like she could pop if she had a good push behind her. Um, uh, Is it uh, Mona Leo? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm just like you. You know, you have good sounds coming out of Houston. Why? Why not? Why not get somebody that's actually that can that actually needs help? You know, why get somebody like it's just yeah. It just sounds like a cash grab. Like this girl. it's definitely a cash grab. Is known for being on OnlyFans is what I was seeing. This this mm-hmm. Malu girl, she has 10 million followers on Instagram. Like, she really don't even need help. Like, nigga, does mm-hmm. she have more followers than you, Travis? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why, yeah. why would she even sign to you? Why would, I wouldn't even need, like, your help. I mean, maybe her followers don't know her for music, but who the hell is Travis Scott? Like, I mean... I know he's major, at the but. at the end of, at the end of the day, it looks like to me he's just getting a Kylie Jenner lookalike, yeah, and and giving her a record deal. This is what he likes to invest in: young white women. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <sighs> if she was pop, like, if if she was popping enough, wouldn't we have heard her music by now? Like, wouldn't we have heard right. her on feature? Yeah, but he not, but he not, he not, he didn't sign her because. She, because she is going to be, you know, the next, I don't know, Megan Thee Stallion. He didn't mm-hmm. sign her for that because mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion came from the bottom to the top. This mm-hmm. bitch is already at the top. Mm-hmm. He signed her because she's popular. Like you said, this is a cash grab. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't respect about Travis Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it made me it made me look at him just like ew, you know. Like there are good artists in Houston. There are good, and let me be specific. There are good women artists right now that need help. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you know, it took Megan so much. Just imagine if Megan had a major somebody major to sign her early on. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, Megan put that work in. That girl was at every freaking homecoming, shaking them legs, shaking them knees. You know, she okay, was, she was doing what she needed to do. To get to the next level. But just okay. imagine if she had somebody looking back at her, pulling her up, you know, not having to work to a point. You know, like, eventually somebody did, but just imagine if she had it early on. Right, right. So. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just going to go down the list of some, of some female rappers who could use some help, okay? Mm-hmm. We got, of it's- course, we got Ken the Man. Mm-hmm. Then we have... A, a rapper named Libra Jolie. I've heard of her. I feel like she's. I've seen her on Instagram a lot. I feel like she's been popping for a little bit. Mm-hmm. A rapper named OMB Bloodbath. We mm-hmm. need something different. She's from Third War. We need us a hard. I listened to her actually. Yeah, yeah. I like nice, her. Yeah. nice. Um, Millie Bucks. Like all these black female Houston rappers, and you go to a Kylie Jenner lookalike to yeah, sign yeah. to your label. I mean, Travis Scott, uh, I mean, we already, like I said, skin folk, but he not kin folk. Yeah, like you can't really expect too much from Travis, but it was just such a good opportunity to sign somebody on that is a woman mm-hmm. from your hometown. Like, you know From your hometown, yeah. But then again, like, I know, like, this is Travis Scott we're talking about. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about somebody that I'm really, truly disappointed in. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like this is kind of right. expected from Travis. But right. I just wanted to point out, like, you know, you have all these good female rappers, R&B singers that I think deserve a shot. Like, mm-hmm. they deserve a record deal. Record deals are for people that need that help. Like, Right, and, and this is what you do. This is what you do. And uh, this is what you do. Right. So let's go ahead and continue on with the colorist conversation. I had uh, brought up too short. Now, we can keep this short and sweet because 
uh, I, I'm tired of talking about goofy niggas. Um, but tired. To make a long story short, too short was in conversation maybe last week with Swahidi because a video of them surfaced. Um, and people were at first getting on Swahidi because the conversation was too short was saying that he likes light skinned girls or that was his preference, biracial women. He's always had an attraction for these biracial women and just bullshit seeping out of this man's gums. Um, and people were hopping on Swahidi because they were like, you didn't have a big enough reaction towards the bullshit he was saying. Mm hmm. And I will say this, as much as I, you know, say Swahidi's, Sweetie's name, you know, funny like, I will say I will, I have never seen her really caught up in a lot of drama. Like the drama that she is caught up in, she makes a good 180 and is like, these are my receipts. What are you talking about? Right. You know, she, she has like, she, she, I had never been upset about the thing, like, any drama that she's been in. Right. So I was more so looking at too short, weird, like, what are you even saying right now? And why aren't people mentioning the bullshit that he's saying? People were hopping on Swahidi, like, that's a grown man. Why right. are y'all expecting a girl, like, this, this why are y'all expecting Swahidi to go, to go and say something to this grown man that should know better? Right, that should know better. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, why, why is it always on the woman's place mm -hmm. to go around correcting men? Mm -hmm. Why is that pressure always placed on the female? Well, why didn't you say this? Why didn't he do that? Why did he say it in the first place? And mm -hmm. why do you feel like it's my job to always have to teach somebody? Mm -hmm. Like I've said in our earlier podcast when I was referencing the whole J. Cole and No Name situation, mm -hmm. Women, we already do enough. Mm -hmm. Go out and learn it yourself. Go mm -hmm. out and figure it out yourself. It is not our responsibility to always be the correctors. Right. And quite frankly, she looked like she was very uncomfortable with what she with what he said, and he was and she was very taken aback. Yeah, because she was like her response was like, "Oh, really? Like, really now? Right. When people say that, they'd be like." That's what her right. face looked like. So it's like right. you're dealing with a veteran that's been in the game that, come on, like, two, two shorts, lyrics are very misogynistic. They're right. very nasty, degrading towards women. We like the nigga because the nigga make catchy songs. But if you really right. di di uh, dive deep into what the hell he talking about, a lot of the stuff that he's talking about are the issues that we have in our community to this day. Like, exactly. you know, some people just have that longevity where it's like, damn, like, I love this song because it reminds me of my childhood, but this is some terrible shit. It's some terrible <laughs> shit. It's some ter and quite frankly, and quite frankly, this, I mean, the cycle continues. I feel mm -hmm. like Travis Scott's going to be an old too short one day in the sense of him not really putting anything positive as far as you know, colorism, supporting black culture, pushing the black culture movement, pushing black people mm -hmm. in the next couple of years, because look at what he's doing. I mean, the cycle of this in hip hop continues. Mm -hmm. um, but this is what Too Short said in response to that, because, you know, of course they're going to come back and apologize because the video was from 2020. Oh. It just resurfaced. Mm -hmm. um, 
But Too Short said, I would like to apologize to anybody that's offended by my words. I am from the Bay Area. I came, uh, I come up in the Bay and you know the whole racial thing to me has never been a factor in my circles. And in the Bay, there aren't a lot of mixed cultures and you know mixed people. It was like that for, it was like that long before I got there. I'm not really into the whole hatred of I hate you because you're light or you're the best because you're dark. Then he's, that's, that was what? stupid. That, that was stupid. First of all, what are you even talking about the Bay? The Bay Area is no different from anywhere else in the from, anywhere from, else where black from, people are. Like there's from still fucking issues. anywhere else. What anyway, he said then then he said this. I love my blackness. I love my family on my mother's side and my father's side. We have every complexion, light, curly, dark, everything. You can't have blood in your body that makes you better than someone. You can't be born or better. You can't be born of better parents or better breeding is no such thing. Real beauty is in every economic class, every race, and you can go find that ugly exactly everywhere too. So basically he said a bunch of shit that didn't address the colorism. Yeah, like what are you even talking about? You said <laughs> you said that like what what you said doesn't align with what you're apologizing for. Cause what the fuck are you no. talking about? Economic <laughs> What, nigga, what are you talking about right now? Like, he really wrote this up and was like, mm, I'm doing something here. No, you're not. Right. You're not. not. He didn't address anything. He just talked around it and didn't really address anything that he said or even apologize for what he said. Anyway, moving on from that coonetry. Because oh <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time on this. I feel like, you know, I feel like on this podcast, we talk about colorism a lot because it is such a nonstop continuous problem within the black community. Um, And even though it's something that's important that needs to be discussed, like sometimes you guys, we get fatigued. We get fatigued from talking about this bullshit. But I feel like I have to point it out at least like we don't got to stay on it too long, but I have to point it out because it's like, if you don't point it out, it goes unrecognized. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and, and I Mm -hmm. I I can't, not on my watch. Yeah, and let me just and let me just double back and say this. Sweetie has addressed colorism before this too. Mm-hmm. I know that she is not a colorist. Mm-hmm. I know that. You understand what I'm saying? So I I'm not even going to entertain or subscribe to the fact that people are saying that she didn't do enough. Yeah. Because she, because this isn't the first time that she's had to address this. Yeah. Yeah. So. And. Yeah, I don't. In, in this scenario, I just don't feel like it was her responsibility. It, they it wasn't her words. It wasn't. She wasn't the one who was saying these things. It was too short. And, right. And and we can see by his response that he still doesn't get it, and he probably will never get it. Probably not. So, probably not. So moving on to some other BS. Now you brought up Tupac versus the baby. What's that? Right. About? So it's not necessarily a Tupac versus the baby. Let me just let me just tell y'all <laughs> what it is. So Fat Joe um, compared Tupac to the baby, um, and let me and let me just give you let me just give you the background because it's actually <laughs> it's actually quite goofy. Um, okay. So let me, but let me, uh, you know, let me get my facts straight. So Fat Joe was on rap city which is great um i'm excited that rap city is back mm-hmm. not excited about what he said about the baby the baby but i love the fact that rap city is back i used to watch rap city literally uh all the time mm-hmm. it's back on tv um, or they're doing like some type of digital no show. uh uh-uh, no it's actually back on tv with big tigger oh okay. 
Yeah, so um, so Fat Joe says, um, by the way, I knew Tupac Shakur in real life, not as a musical, mythical person. I knew the man in real life. He was the realest rapper ever. So now when I think Pac, not just musically or whatever the case may be, I'm thinking the baby a real one, certified real one. Whether you like him or you don't like him or whatever, I believe he lives what he raps. And that's very much like Tupac. Okay. So... He compared the baby to <laughs> to Tupac, and then he tried to backdoor and say, in a because he said he tried to say that the how they are similar is that they both live in the way um, in the way that they rap. You know what I'm saying? Like they rap whatever they rap about is what they live through in real life, but. You know, you brought up something that I feel like is very important because I feel like a lot of people incorrectly compare Tupac to current artists. Mm -hmm. And I really am intrigued to know, like, what what do they think about him? Like, how do they see him? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you think, you know what I'm saying, that they uh, that they see him? Because, um, because Fat Joe then asked, but who's the new Tupac? Uh, don't know, but if I'm going to take a guess, by the way, I knew Tupac Shakur in real life. He feels like the baby is the new Tupac. Like, that's what he said. Um, so, I mean, like, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you so, feel about that comparison and how they compare Tupac, I feel like, unrealistically to some current artists? Mm -hmm. So, two things with that. So, my first thing with what, with what Fat Joe is saying is that the things that the baby lives in his life, like the things that he says in his music and lives in his life, people don't like that shit. People like Tupac because he was saying some like some pro black type stuff. And like, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to Tupac, but I mean, the thing, the topics that we're comparing these two, like the topics are different. So I feel like that's why people are like, ew, why are we? Why are we even bringing up the baby now? If we looking at it just like straight point, straight blank, what he's saying, like, yeah, the baby does live his lyrics because this man really did shoot and kill somebody in a Walmart. He really did <laughs> smack a nigga at the Gucci store or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really does do that, right. those things. But that's not like Tupac wasn't rapping about that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Tupac was it was living a, a black life and was really rapping the things that he saw and the, you know his commentary on his surroundings, um, and 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 the baby is just being a violent little nigga. But that but if we're gonna compare those two and be like you know oh he living his real true self Tupac is living his real true self then we can say that about any of these niggas that be out here shooting people. Thank we you. can say that about King Von, because that nigga was a little violent nigga. We can say that about freak, you know, anybody, Little Dark. Little Dark. We can say that about any rapper that has any prior convictions before they got into the rap game. Like that's <laughs> not a, a good enough uh, uh, a reason for him to be this this for him to be compared against Tupac. And so going back to going to your second question, I don't know what artists. Like, I, I don't know what artists could compare against Tupac, but I honestly don't understand why we put Tupac on this pedestal. Um, almost like a mythological creature in the yeah. rap game. Because if right. you really look at Tupac's duration, if we really look at the impact, like, 
Tupac's impact on the culture has been very large, but what we're pulling from is very small chunk of discography, a very small chunk of time. Because Tupac mm-hmm. what, was only truly doing stuff for wait for maybe three years, mm-hmm. compared to a Drake that's been doing stuff for ten plus years that right. has triple the albums. So I feel like the timing and the place of Tupac's music in his generation makes him seem a little bigger than what he truly is or mm. truly was because mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. right at the he came out right at the pinnacle of the of the west coast east coast shit he right came, that beef yeah mm-hmm. and, uh, he also came um right when hip hop was changing from this we wrap around trash cans in new york city to more of a we're popping off like it's, it's a little bit more grandiose. We're going mm-hmm. from the, we're doing the hip-hop dances, the, the, the hammer dance, to real rap, to now this real rap has become a, li- a little bit more consumer-friendly. And so right. I feel like Tupac was able to reach a, reach more audiences because he was a little bit more digestible. And then he, he was doing the, the movies and stuff like that. But we also got to realize that Tupac ain't no, like, he ain't no hood, hood-ass nigga. This nigga come from a great family that was very pro-black, that had a lot of, um, you know, pull in the, the Black Panther movement and stuff like that. Like, this nigga yeah, from I an mean, educated background, a very artsy background. Nigga went to arts academy in high school and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Like, Tupac is a trained actor. <laughs> you understand you understand what I'm saying? Um so yeah, so I I can see what you mean by that. I can see why he has made such an impact culturally because even though he only has so he has four studio albums mm-hmm. that he released from, you know, during his musical career and then one compilation album, The Thug Life. Okay. So he has five albums in total that was released, I believe, between 1991 and 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, but in between that time with that music, the music was powerful. It was influential. Mm-hmm. He was in mo- he was, you know, in movies. He was on TV. Um, you know, a lot of rappers, I feel like, do cross over into acting but i feel like tupac was one of the earlier ones mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. to really cross over from music into hollywood you know yeah. with iconic movies you understand what i'm saying uh like juice like that's an iconic movie he was in iconic shows a different world you know yeah. so i can understand why he has such a cultural influence what i don't understand is why people feel so comfortable comparing them him to current artists who i feel like have not reached icon status like you know like so fat joe did come back and double back and say like no nobody's a tupac but just the fact that you even felt comfortable making that comparison to begin with Mm -hmm. just shows i think that i think what it shows is is that people really aren't understanding the difference between being having impact and influence mm. versus being popular loud and outspoken mm, i like that and you know what now that you're going like now that you're breaking it down like this i don't even know if i answered your question fully because you're right like culturally like the impact is what i feel like has lasted because if we're looking at just what tupac put out then there are a lot of artists that have put out 
way more music. Drake, mm-hmm. for instance, just keeps mm-hmm. coming back. J. Cole, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if J. Cole has four studio albums, but J. Cole has, you know, has had a lot of impact. Kendrick Lamar has had a lot of impact on mm-hmm. the sound, the culture, but impact in a in a in a large way where he's hitting movies. Right. He, he's he's hitting popular TV shows. I don't think we've seen that in any rapper recently. Right. And right, that, and that's why I said like you know the whole living living the raps. There are a lot of niggas that live their raps. That, right, that's, that's not that's nothing anymore. Well, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be a reason to call somebody a Tupac. That, that's right. Not, nothing. No, no. Like what is the baby? If, if like going back to what you're saying, like the baby, the impact that he's had has just been outspoken, outlandish, right, just, right, just just being ridiculous. That that's not a that's not impactful. That's not an impact that lasts. Clearly, no. it's not because the nigga's no. being forgotten as we speak. <laughs> literally, literally, we haven't heard anything from him. Yeah. So yeah, so I think that that is what the problem is. Is that a lot of you know that you can't tell the difference these days mm-hmm. because of social media, because of you know, because of TikTok, because of all these different platforms and things. You don't people can't tell the difference between actual impact and influence versus popularity, being loud and being outspoken. And I feel like that's why there are so many ill-fitting comparisons Mm -hmm. between actual good rappers Mm -hmm. and ones who just out here acting a fucking fool. Ooh, you said ill-fitting. Ooh, girl is college educated. Ooh, (laughs) she's smart. Uh, But you know what? I also think that Tupac was handsome. Yeah, you know, I, I always bring it back to some real surface surface level shit. I know that I, I'm, <laughs> I'm bad for that, but I'm talking about like he was able to get in movies with Janet Jackson and not be overcome by her image because he right. was just like he was a cutie. Right, he was. People people thought he was. I know. I think my mom when I talked to her because she that was her era. She thought Tupac was handsome. She was a Tupac yeah. fan. If if you if you yeah. were to ask her Biggie Tupac, she's gonna say Tupac just because she she probably wasn't listening to the music like that, but she knew who he was. She saw him in the movie. Right. Oh, he's cute. Mm-hmm. You know, she mm-hmm. knew his mm-hmm. she knows his popular songs. And maybe she does know his underground stuff. I, I don't know. But Tupac you can't forget, Tupac was he was a handsome guy. He was. He was. My papa loved Tupac. Had every one of his albums. Yeah. Would play him out. Loud, he Vietnam War vet playing his Tupac albums. <laughs> yeah, out loud smoking a cigar like that's different from the baby. Yeah, that's and, <laughs> and 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 I think Tupac was at that at, at that pivotal moment where he was still niggas was still respecting real rap, but they also mm-hmm. liked that Tupac was mm-hmm. able to flip it and and, and go and, and make a, a a song that played on the radio as well. Right. Right. Right, and exactly. I think the only person that we can really truly compare that against is Drake. Yeah, I think the only thing that Drake is lacking is he hasn't done any major movies. Like he's done SNL, he's done little comedy shorts here and there, but he hasn't mm-hmm. done anything really outside of music, besides mm-hmm. like maybe some mm-hmm. clothes. Right. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So I mean, I think that we can just all agree that we we really just need to really just stop comparing rappers. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. in today's time where uh, the criteria of what is good mm-hmm. is so skewed. Yeah, yeah. I'm more interested in this Summer Walker rollout because I'm a Summer Walker fan. I'm not a fan 
of who she is, like her personality, but I am a fan of her music and her artistry, yeah. and I'm very interested and intrigued um, by what her her second album is going to sound like, her sophomore mm-hmm. album. I've mm-hmm. been really enjoying her rollout because I feel like it plays in the dichotomy of our of us as black women. Like you have yeah. some of us that are, and our multidimensionality. Yes, because. On her outro, she she released her outro will include Sierra, Sierra's prayer. And then she also released a song featuring JT. So you have all these these differences within black women all in one album. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. Now I will say she put out a new song, and then this new song, you know, it features JT. It, it's giving some nineties vibes. It's giving yeah. some some it gives me summer vibes. It's not really for the fall, but it, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but definitely as a debut single from your upcoming album, I would say it was disappointing. Yeah, because that's not really the vibe that she's been putting out. I feel like she needed more of a song that fits her vibe, so her fans would be more interested Right, in right, right. I don't know if she's putting out songs that her fans would be interested in. And maybe the song will go well with the album, like if we hear it overall. But I feel like her fans were, want, they wanted to cry. They didn't want to dance. <laughs> no, her fans definitely wanted to hear more of like, you know, um, and just to give a just to give an example, her fans definitely were wanting to hear more of that sad Mary J. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? More of that vibey music, like tell us how sad you are about being a single parent and baby mama number five to London on the track after he has embarrassed you and not taken care of your daughter. Like tell us how that makes you feel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We don't want to hear you slander this man. We don't want to dance <laughs> at the roller rink. We know. <laughs> We don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But but I feel like a lot of artists are trying to hop on this, this wave. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, and I'm digressing a little bit, but even to Lotto with that song that she came out with, um, with that kind of... You know that uh, you know you know I don't know if you know about it. She performed the song at the BET Awards, but people were talking about Lotto because they were like, "Oh, she's trying to sound like Doja Cat with this like music." It was given very much, you know, Claire's um, background music with a little with her rapping over the uh, song. I think the song was called BDE Big Dick Energy. I think that's what the song was called. But she was basically doing Big Dick Energy over like a Forever 21 beat, you know? And it was kind of, yeah, and it was kind of weird to me. Like, I feel like it didn't mix. And that's what this new Summer Walker song is giving me too. Mm -hmm. Like, the subject matter and the music Mm -hmm. are not mixing. But I feel like that's because they're all trying to lean towards this poppy sound Mm -hmm. with with urban lyrics yeah. there we go they're doing a pop sound with urban lyrics and the shit is just not mixing it just does it don't sound good yeah yeah and also i feel like to add on bullet point they're also trying to make music that is digestible for the internet mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying music that's right. gonna be played on tiktok music that's gonna that's right gonna be able to have a dance to go with it so right 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to the song like halfway, uh, Summer Walker's new song with JT. I listened to it like halfway and I it didn't really grab my attention. No. So no. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see <laughs> what the album is going to sound like. And I saw this one comment on Twitter. Somebody was like, "Damn, maybe we did need London on the track." <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too. You saw that? Oh yeah, my I did. God. I did. So crazy. Yeah. Oh my niggas like, is petty. But um, but side note, mm-hmm. I did hear uh JT's verse, and I feel like JT should go solo. Why? You don't like her but young Miami? I like them together. You don't like them together? I like them together just as much as I like Chloe and Hallie together. Like they sound good, mm-hmm. but I don't mind Chloe being a solo artist. Okay. And that's how I feel about the City Girls. They sound good together, but I don't mind JT being a solo artist. Mm-hmm. I think JT could make it. I think JT could stand on her own, for real, for real, and, and yeah. do her own. I think that Young Miami would not be able to stand on her own. No, not at all. I think she would She would digress into, like, real strip club music because she's yes. a very strip club voice that would go mm-hmm. over some nasty music mm-hmm, <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes sense like i can see, yeah. Yeah, see her being featured on like some strip club songs not mm-hmm. necessarily like rap songs that are going to be getting a lot of radio play yeah. where i feel like jt could be on rap songs because she has a good she has a good voice she has a good voice she has a good voice and she has a great delivery yeah she does yeah she yeah she claimed to not be a rap bitch but she's a rap bitch yeah why why <laughs> does she claim that what she want to be a scammer bitch <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> you know, people just try to really just separate themselves, I guess. Like, oh, I'm just doing it for the money. I'm not a rap bitch. But you are. But you She's are. a good rapper. She's yeah. a good rapper. She yeah. has a good delivery. Yeah. yeah. And then Young Miami might surprise, surprise us and end up like a Cardi B because Cardi B kind of has that mush mouth type sound. But um, Cardi B can also rap on beat. Young Miami can't rap on beat. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow wait I, I, wait 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 young miami can rap on beat i don't think she can dang i feel like she always like a couple of seconds behind mm, okay that's fair i, I that, that's not I, that's not the first time i've heard that i just i wasn't expecting <laughs> you to say that so <laughs> Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. She's always a couple of tails behind. But um but yeah, and then also I want to talk about too cuz you know y'all, we always have to you know, talk about what has been trending on Twitter on the socials for this last week. And um and uh something that's been big has been these people posting what they think is a red flag and then posting a bunch of red flags behind it. Mm-hmm. And I have really haven't come across any that I thought were just terribly hilarious. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, like, mm-hmm. what are some of your red flags? Especially mm-hmm. considering the conversation that we've had at the beginning of this episode. I mm-hmm. feel like you would have a lot. You've been having a lot of uh, poor experiences with the men out here lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna just, just, okay, I'm gonna just let him loose. Okay, so one of the ones that came into my head first was when a dude asked you to come over his house, like, early on. Like, y'all just started talking. If he asked you to come over his house, don't do it. That That's what yeah. it's like. He's trying to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really 100%. 100%. Because why are you asking me to come over his house? You don't know me. Right. 
You don't 100%. know me. Anything that has to do with sex is a red flag within those first two weeks because you're not serious. Yeah. And if you're looking for seriousness, like if the girl is looking for seriousness, don't do it because you're going to just end up getting your little feelings hurt because this nigga is not serious about you. Um, uh, if he gives you a head nod in public. like Oh. Know, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. I mean, there are just so many. If he's just a shitty individual, if he doesn't know your name. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some that are really deep, but honestly, these are coming off as like, these are some real red flags. Right. No, no, they definitely are. <laughs> these are not are. even subtle. Uh, wait, do you have any? Yes. Okay, what are yours? Um, I feel like a major red flag. And, and I know that some of y'all are going to be like, oh, well, that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's not obvious because y'all out there still making mistakes, and I've made the mistake. <laughs> um... So I feel like a I feel like a red flag is somebody who's insecure. Mm. Oh, Insec- you're going deep. You're going really deep. Okay. Yeah, insecurity is a major red flag, and you. But I'm gonna tell you why it's such a major red flag because you don't always know where that people have insecurities. Mm. They just show themselves in like weird ass actions. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You know, um, they just they just show themselves and like how they treat people, how they allow others to treat them. Like, you know, I'm going to give you an example of a young lady mm-hmm. who I um, was interacting with very briefly. Um, extremely, extremely insecure. Mm. Didn't really realize it until it was too late. Mm. Okay. Um, and then I had to send her a nice message saying that we could no longer. Um, I could no longer be around you um, because you just you just have a lot of things that you need to work on. But basically, she, she just allowed people to treat her any kind of way mm-hmm. um, from her friends to her ex. She she dated a guy who looked like a goddamn, uh, you know, you know, on them old commercials for Apple Jacks, oh. the the uh, the Rastafarian cinnamon stick. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. She <laughs> dated a she dated a nigga that looked like that and allowed him to make her feel like she was less than. And even when I tried to talk her through it, talk to her about it, she just seemed to keep just going in that going in that cycle mm-hmm. about like not necessarily trying to go back to him, but just believing some of the things that he said. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Anyway, red flag low low self-esteem and insecurities because you will be going through a whirlwind of things that you do not want to fucking go through mm-hmm. um if that is like the foundation of their being if that's yeah. like something that they rely heavily on mm-hmm. to get through their life mm-hmm. uh red flag red flag um another red flag but this is just a personal red flag <laughs> for me okay it's, just, it's a personal red flag for me okay. people with children Oh, oh, yeah. People with kids. Um, That's just a red flag for me simply because every person that I have met with a child has been like, oh, like, oh, if you don't, you know, I'm a nice guy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, if you're not with me, you know, you missing out on your blessing. And it's just like, you know, if you were such a nice guy, Mm -hmm. if you were such a great guy, 
maybe your baby mama wouldn't be a single parent. If you know yeah. what I'm saying, if you, if you if you were such a nice guy, if you were so nice, if you were so great, maybe you and your partner would be something in a more of an amicable relationship. Mm-hmm. Even if it is that person, if you were so great, if you just had all these positive attributes and you had it so together, you wouldn't even have made, in my personal opinion, you wouldn't have even made the mistake. Mm. of having a baby with somebody that you claim is so terrible like Mm. you know and it's just like it's just like and if you feel this way about yourself how about instead of trying to lock down somebody who don't want to be involved with no kids how about you go and be with somebody who has who wants what you want Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Who's willing to deal with that? And I feel like people with kids always putting forth the effort to talk to somebody without them. But it's just like, but why are you trying to talk to me if you know that I don't have kids and you know that's not something that I'm interested in? Why are you trying to force that upon me mm-hmm. instead of going out with somebody who already has kids or somebody who's willing to be that for you? It's because I feel like they really want to go back to that childless life and they want to live it with you mm-hmm. or maybe they want to try to live it vicariously through you. I don't know what the fuck, but anybody <laughs> with kids, I don't fuck with. It's a red flag. It's a red flag you know what? to me. You know what? That makes me think of, so I have, I have two more. I have two red flags. One, I came up with one while you were talking, one that has been a common denominator in a lot of relationships, a lot of situationships that I've had. Um, and then one, as you were talking, so the last person that I talked to seriously um, had a kid and how he got the kid, how he had the kid should have been a red flag. <laughs> he had a baby with a girl. So he tells me the story of how he had a baby with a girl and it wasn't a serious relationship. It was a summer fling. Okay, cool. Summer fling. But what he left out is that, nigga, the reason why she acted crazy in the end and wanted to keep the baby. Oh, and this is getting real. This is getting real person. This is getting, this, ooh, this is getting ooh, real juicy. This is juicy. The reason why she wanted is because the reason why she wanted her family, let me put it like that. The reason why she wanted her family is because, nigga, you were probably telling her something about how to want the kid. So mm-hmm. you leaving it something out of this conversation mm-hmm. that you're not telling me. Mm-hmm. And you're setting this up like she's the villain, but you really are the villain here. Right. Because why would she want to have a baby with you if she wasn't really fucking with you? You know what I'm saying? Like right. if, if she just was using you as sex because she would know, like, nah, this nigga don't want to doesn't want to be with me but then once she got pregnant then it's an issue then then right. you know oh we was never cool are you sure about that right that right. should have been a red flag because that ended up that ended up biting me in the butt now i don't have a kid but mm-hmm. the way he ended our situation was very similar to how he ended the situation with her, that girl mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the thing is he stuck with that girl he ain't stuck with me right <laughs> so. right i have a friend right now who's dating a guy um, who, who's dating a guy who has a baby mm-hmm. and, uh, and his daughter lives in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to move closer 
to his daughter or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, my friend was like, yeah, you know, he, you know, uh, I'm kind of getting cool with him, but he want to move with that. Da- he wants to move to Dallas. And I already know how this is going to go because I've seen this before mm-hmm. where men are like, well, I am packing up and changing my life and making life sacrifices to be closer to my daughter. And if you want to be with me, then you should do that too. Mm. And it's Mm. just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. I have seen that where a man is like, well, I'm trying to be close to my kids, um, to my kids. kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be close to my kids. I want to move here. And if you want to date me and if you want to see me, then like, you know, I don't do long distance, so you should move there too. Like, if your job lets you, or you know, if you could, you know, transfer schools, like, you know, you should do this with. And I'm just like, red flag, yeah. red flag. Why do you want her to uproot everything she got going on for you and your personal situation when she good where she at? Well, not only is she good where she at, where she's thriving. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I'm just like, anybody with kids, like, focus on your kids. You don't need to be worried about being in a relationship. Put your kids first, and relationships should really come second. Because I just think that especially for people who are single, who don't have any kids, who aren't even planning on marrying you, Mm -hmm. for that to be, like, an expectation of them to uproot their lives, to fit around your life that you're trying to fit around your kids it's just it's some outrageous shit yeah so yeah. yeah i got one more red flag um that has been a, like if i really think back on all the situationships like i said that i've had this has been probably the single most common thing they've all had in common with each other these niggas are nothing alike yeah <laughs> um, when and this and this like when you say it out loud it sounds like duh but when you're in it you don't really see it. Well, for, right. for me, when I was in it, I was like, oh, well, let me just, let me, he, okay, I'm a, he, he's going to do it. He's going to do it eventually. When the words speak louder than the actions. Mm, that is, yes. Because you always hung up like, well, he's going to do it. Or next week. Or, or okay, he's setting it up. Or he's getting it figured out. Like, I had this one dude that would always be like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna set up our date. I'm going to, I'm just give me some, give me some time. I'm going to figure it no, nigga, because a date don't even have to be all of that. We can literally go get drinks down the street. You don't. What, what are you? What are you setting up for? And the and they, like like the dates never happened because they were never gonna happen because he was a liar. The common not denominator with me, the common <laughs> red flag with me, are liars. I talk to yep. liars. Yep. Yep. Complete liars. People that could say no, that don't say no, that lie. Mm-hmm. I think the common denominator out here in just niggas in general is that they are liars and that they use the excuse, well, I don't like to hurt people's feelings. But you are hurting people's feelings by not being truthful. Yes. And I have one more red flag, and then that's my <laughs> last one. Okay. And like you said, this is very obvious. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious red flag, but you don't really notice it until you're in it. Mm-hmm. A user. Mm. People who always need somebody to do a favor for them, people who always have people doing things for them, but you don't ever see them doing other things for people. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody who always got the hookup on this, that got the hookup on that mm-hmm. from somebody, but they don't but they're not ever the ones 
providing a hookup. I feel like sometimes you, it's very hard to identify a user, especially if they're like working, they have a job, they have their own apartment. You know what I'm saying? Like they're living independently from the outside, but really on the inside, people are doing everything for them. Mm. You know why that's hard to identify? And you know why it's hard to identify liars is because when you're in it, you think, ah, nah, I like him. Like, that That ain't it. Or, right. or, or I like him. So, in your case, the user, oh, I'm going to just do it for him. Like, if he asks you to right. do it for him, like, oh, I'll just do it for exactly. him because I like him. I like him. Ex- Why not? Yeah, ex- right. Exactly. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't mind uh, paying for our food this time. Oh, no, it's, it's all good. I understand. You know, you ain't got, you ain't got paid yet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, that's literally how it hides. Like, you think that you're doing favors for somebody and you're doing these things for them because you like them, mm-hmm. because you, you know, and because you're interested in them. They're nice. Mm-hmm. They give off the energy of being caring and giving mm-hmm. because they tell you like yeah you know I take care of my mama and I dro- I had to go drop my mama off at a, at a doctor's appointment you know what I'm saying <laughs> or yeah I, I took my mama to the to the grocery store and I did this for my mama and that for my mama but all the while like their mom is still like providing for their whole livelihood yeah. like I've seen that with my own eyes I'm not gonna say who I've seen it with because mm-hmm. it will put people's business out who don't want their business out <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen it with my own eyes it's very hard to identify a user sometimes mm-hmm. but a user is a red major red flag yeah, users and liars and li- yes. for me it was hard to identify a liar because it's always they would never just lie they would come up with an, with an excuse yeah yeah so in the end it was just a whole bunch of lies but while i was in it it was just an excuse like oh well until this oh well well until next time or i'm i'm, I'm figuring it out or now nah, i gotta do this it isn't until you're out of it. Like, that was just a whole bunch of lies. That nigga was never mm-hmm. going to do it. You mm-hmm. think, you think? oh, I'm in it. It's just an excuse to the next time. Or right. I like him, so I'm just going to give him one more chance. Don't give him more, like, don't give him no more chance. Give him one chance, and if he failed, move on. Right. Because you're going to get hurt in the end. Right. We are, right. We, we, I think women have an issue of seeking, of seeing the potential. Man, forget that potential. <laughs> potential. That's a red flag when the nigga has potential. He's <laughs> 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 He's potentially gonna fail. It's gonna fail. Oh, That's it. That, he's gonna fail. Damn. Damn. That was a good one. That was that, a, that was a good one. But I'm gonna have to put that. We're gonna have to take that out for a clip. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that wraps up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for getting to this point in the podcast. We appreciate your listen. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, do what you can to support our black business. we try to put quality content out there for you guys we try we try our darndest and if you have any criticisms let us know in the dms in the comments we will will make sure to read them and uh change up if need be Uh, make sure to follow us on instagram at run that back sin and donna and we will see y'all in the next episode peace peace